Welcome to The Ticket, your go-to podcast for insights into the evolving world of customer service proudly presented by Intercom. Today, we're delving into a fascinating subject, the economics of customer support. Joining us are two of Intercom's finest, Declan Ivory, or VP of Customer Support, and Bobby Stapleton, or Director of Human Support. They'll explore the financial nuances of customer support, the strategic role of AI in balancing cost with quality, and how these factors influence business growth and customer satisfaction. Whether you're a support leader looking to innovate or someone curious about how AI is revolutionizing customer service, this conversation is for you. For listeners who are more interested in learning how we design and build, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Intercom on Product. Search for it in your podcast player or visit inter.com forward slash product podcast to get every episode. Now, let's dive into the world of customer support economics with Declan and Bobby. Today, we're talking about the economics of customer supports. So Declan, just before we get started, what, what does that mean and how are you defining it? Bobby, I'm really glad you asked that question and I'm glad that you're jumping in with a simple one to start off. The yes. economics of support, you know, uh, what a topic. But ultimately, it's all about really understanding the financial implications of providing customer support. And then making strategic decisions that's trying to optimize or balance the cost versus the benefit or the you know uh, the output of delivering great customer support. So that's a very simple explanation, you because know, ultimately you could deliver you know amazing customer support by throwing as many people as you want to at the problem, but it's probably not profitable. Probably not going to give you a sustainable business. So it's all about understanding what's the sustainability piece, and you know, what is aligned with what you're trying to do in terms of your business objectives and business value. And, you know, what we're going to talk about today is like, how is AI changing that world, right? Because there's major implications of how you think about the, the cost and also how you think about the opportunity of driving business value when you think about incorporating AI into your support strategy. Yeah, and I think about the conversations I have with our manager team very few of them come from a analytics background, a finance background. We're a bunch of former like theater and theater nerds and everything. And so I think the idea of support leaders focusing on economics can sometimes be a scary topic or can feel outside of like our default skill set or wheelhouse. But it's a really important part of the business, part of the job and important for like leaders to be thinking about, especially now with AI uh, coming coming to the table in the forefront. Uh, it's important that we're thinking about it, how that strategy lines up. So glad we're chatting about it today. Absolutely. And I actually think it's quite exciting because at the end of the day, you know, everyone aspires to be able to demonstrate value for what they do, right? Uh, you know, and ultimately, any business is, is about generating value uh, along the line, and particularly for our customers. And we know about generating value for our customers, but generating value back into the business is something that I think support organizations have struggled a little bit with demonstrating that. And I think with the whole focus now on economics and how AI is changing economics, I think we're in a much better position as support leaders to understand how we're adding value back in. I think that's exciting. Like, a, yeah, one level is kind of a little bit scary because so much is changing, but another level is really exciting because we are redefining the economics and the way you look at the value that support organizations drive back into the business. Generating value for the business, generating value for customers. What a perfect way to model it. Love that. Um, so let's talk about like the investment in AI for customer support. Can you elaborate on the types of investments companies need to make 
when integrating AI into their customer support systems? And how does this go beyond simply signing up and buying the technology? It's it's a really good question. And I think to some extent, when last year, when we kind of went on this road of implementing Finn as our chatbot, we kind of looked at it a little bit as almost like a technology play, like we're buying into a new technology and, you know, we're using that technology to change how we deliver support. But I think as we've learned over the year, the investment is a lot more than just in the the technology itself. Like obviously technology is important. you got to pick the right technology platform. you got to make sure it's integrated with all of your systems in the right way, that it's really kind of a, a platform for the future. But at the end of the day, it's not just about the technology. And like the very simple example of this is, like any AI system is only as good as the knowledge it has access to, right? Yeah. And like we've been very particular with saying like it's got to have access to knowledge that's relevant, you know, to your business customers if you're deploying Finn as one of our customers or for ourselves. It's got to be information that's relevant to our customers. And you're really constraining, and I use the word constraining in a very positive sense, you're constraining AI to use that information and content that's valuable to your customers. But there's an investment in making that information available as well like, and making sure that it's current, making sure that it's structured in the best way for AI to use it in an optimal fa- fashion. Like that, that is an investment. So it's, it's, it's not just you buy the technology, you turn it on. You got to think about how do you feed the technology is the term I use. And part of that is making sure you got a, a real focus on investing in knowledge and content. You know, and as we expand the capability of Finn to use different sources, you're thinking about multiple sources of data, including external data sources and, and internal data sources over time. And you really got to think about how you're investing in them on, on an ongoing basis. So a lot of support organizations have had this concept of knowledge management or knowledge-centered service, et cetera. And they had kind of processes that were kind of, at one level, kind of nice to have and added you know, an amount of value. Now they're absolutely critical and essential processes. And you got to invest in them the right way to make sure that they deliver. And I, I kind of harp back to one of our customer user group sessions where a customer was on stage kind of saying, you know, quite openly, yeah, I deployed Finn. It was a disaster. And we're all kind of sucking in, what? You mean it was a disaster? And then he explains, yeah, it was a disaster because I didn't invest in the content. Like I didn't actually tune my knowledge and make sure that my knowledge was up to date to give Finn the opportunity to the, deliver correctly. So it turned off Finn, spent you know, a number of weeks making that investment in the content and really making sure that it was fit for purpose, turned Finn back on and all of a sudden got a 30% plus resolution rate. So again, it just shows that like that investment pays off and it's not a once-off investment in content or knowledge. It's an ongoing process of keeping you up- updated. Like even in our own case, like we look very critically now at new product introductions. Are we actually generating new content on day one that helps us achieve? And we've got a kind of a target of ideally about 50% resolution rate on day one for new products that we introduce. But that takes a lot of investment and intention to you know, actually develop the content and keep it up to date. And then the other part of investment is like there's a people investment piece as well. Like even simple things like we've taken on what we call a conversation designer to think about that flow as you inter- introduce AI into the, the customer journey. Like how are you managing handovers between AI and automation and human support? How are you making sure that it actually feels like a, a very worthwhile journey for the customer? They feel there's value add as they step through the process. Again, that doesn't come for free. You got to tune it. You got to iterate on it. You got to improve it all the time. And either that's a dedicated role, or you're using some of your own support team to to do that as well. And then you got to analyze what what Finn or any a chatbot is doing. Like, it, why isn't resolving everything that you expected to resolve? So that takes time and effort from an analytics point of view to go in and look at it. So you got to think about the whole ecosystem of actually keeping an AI system fed, watered, and healthy. Right? It's not just about the technology itself. And 
what stands out to me is like like that idea of the whole ecosystem like yes that is important for keeping the ai ecosystem alive but it also has this like added cascade effect to the overall customer experience like i think back to when we were doing our own headcount planning for the fiscal year and we were talking about adding additional help center manager headcount and i think in the old world we would have been like well like that's nice to have you know the help center's there people can self-serve if they need it but again it changes the game now we're like no like this is the again this is the food for for all the automation and so but like and while that will help automation it's also going to make the help center better too and so you get this like cascade effect of like when investing in ai all these other parts of your customer experience get better too which can make it then tricky for economics to say like hey i'm spending this money to get this output because it's all kind of intertwined but it's important you know it's important nonetheless absolutely and to ground the kind of in terminology that people might might kind of relate to like if you've got a human uh agent coming onto your team or a human support specialist like you have an enablement process when they come on board you have an ongoing development process around ensuring their skills knowledge etc kept up to date at one level, an AI chatbot or Finn is no different. Like you, you've got to have an ongoing investment in it, and that's you know the ecosystem we, we talked about. And you know the downside is, you know, if a single person in your team isn't performing, you can kind of manage the impact. If the AI chatbot or Finn isn't performing, the impact is huge. So you got to be really intentional around you know uh, giving it, as I say, keeping it fed and watered, loving it, making sure that it, you know it is optimized to deliver for you. Love that. Let's talk about scaling support teams and AI. So in, in your view, in what ways has AI technology altered the traditional model of scaling support teams in relation to that business growth? Does AI change the economics of scaling scaling support? Substantially. I mean, I, at the end of the day, many businesses struggle when they, they reach a, a kind of a, a pivot point where they, they know they really should be providing, for example, 24 by 7 support. Or they know that they they are experiencing significant business growth. I mean, I'll talk about the business growth one first of all. Like historically, if you're, for example, doubling your business, doubling your customers, typically you've ended up doubling your support team, right? And again, sometimes it could even be more than that because there's more complexity as you scale and grow. So that scaling problem is is a real challenge. And I think as I've shared before, like I've actually worked in roles where the business was scaling so fast. You couldn't even hire people fast enough to keep up the pace of the business, right? Like, and, and that's a, that's a pretty scary place to be where you can't even hire people fast enough. But you know, you don't have to be a large scale organization to experience that growth. Even small or small organizations, as they begin to grow and they want to kind of scale their business, like it is quite impactful from an economics point of view to all the time think there's a linear relationship between the growth of my business and the number of people I have in the support team. So breaking that linearity is actually a huge benefit of AI. Because all of a sudden you're taking a lot of the more routine, mundane work and you can scale it infinitely, right? Using AI. You know, so to some extent, it doesn't matter how much your business grows, AI will absorb and take that element of work. And you're really then preserving your investment in your human support team for the support interactions that really matter most for you, like the more complex inter interactions where there's maybe more customer context required or where you know customers actually demand that personal interaction. So again, it does change the dynamics of how you look at it, but it does mean you can scale in a far more efficient manner than you would have done in the past. So again, many organizations struggle when they recognize, I got to go 24 by 7. All of a sudden, like you, you're operating in one geography, you got to maybe establish another support center in a different geography to cover that. There's costs in that. Your minimal viable investment you need to make in a support team in another geography. And that can be an inhibitor to customers being able to offer some form of 24 by 7 support because, again, the economics don't work. 
with AI, all of a sudden your bot is there 24 by 7. Okay, it's not answering 100% of your questions, but if it's answering 40%, 50%, all of a sudden you've delivered a 24 by 7 capability that is addressing the needs of quite a large proportion of your customers. And that is effectively for free with AI. You know, So again, look, looking at it from that perspective, that changes the, the economics. Like the, the pivot point at which you may have to make that investment in a, another site, in another geography, it's a, it's a different point now. It's, it's where it's more economically viable to do it when you need to do it. Whereas before you felt you're kind of forced into it early, you were changing the economics of support, support was becoming more of a, a cost burden on the business. Again, that changes with AI. And the other aspect is multilingual support as well. Now you can offer levels of multilingual support that again, were challenging to offer in an economic way in the previous model. So again, game changing in terms of some of the, the, the ways you look at scaling in terms of growth, scaling in terms of availability 24 by seven and scaling in terms of multilingual support. Yeah, it, like on the uh, on multilingual, I think back to when you first joined Intercom and I was catching you up to speed on our multilingual project. And it's like, well, we're thinking of hiring these folks with Spanish, these folks with French. And you were like, Bobby, there's software that can do this. And that was two years ago, let alone fast forward to today, where now, like, yeah, we're able to use AI to provide multilingual chat across, like, I think we're at like five or six different languages now. And that's across our technical sports specialists, technical sport engineers. It's not requiring having all these, you know, all, like you said, just all the people and logistics in order to scale something like that, whether it's for that follow the sun coverage or multilingual, it's, 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 it's a game changer. Absolutely. And, you know, fundamentally changes the economics of, of how you enhance and, and kind of expand your support experience for your customers. Yeah. And the last thing I was going to comment, I think back to when we were scaling the CS team years ago and there really, you know, there was this like diagonal line up into the right of like of the company growth followed by headcounts. And we're like, we need to break this, you know, we need to break this correlation, but the conversation and then just like steered to like customer trade-offs. It was like, do we have a segment that is only available through our community, like help center? Is it our community forum? Do we have to like limit support for a certain segment? And and those are tough conversations to have to have versus now today being able to use AI. It's not like you're breaking that correlation, but not the not at the cost of customer experience, which is just again like 180 from uh from from the old days. Absolutely, like it means you can make radically different business decisions than you could make kind of two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, shift gears a little bit and talk about the changing role of like support reps. So. Uh, with the advent of AI and customer support, how do you see the role of support representatives evolving, especially in terms of the complexity and the value of the work that they perform? Yes, this is a really interesting discussion. And you know, I've, I've had many discussions internally, externally about this. I think there's a few kind of major teams emerging here. So the, the first team is reasonably obvious. If you're taking out the more mundane routine work out of the system, obviously what's going to come through to human support team is going to be more complex and more challenging. And at one level, that's actually, I think, something that a lot of support teams will actually uh, welcome and embrace. Because right? you know, I worked for many teams where they kind of said, I'm bored of all the same simple questions. I don't get any kind of motivation uh, through answering them. I don't feel I'm growing or developing my skills. So all of a sudden, you're changing the nature of the work that the support team does and actually making more fulfilling work. So they, you know, support teams will have to have stronger troubleshooting skills, right? They will expect it to be subject matter experts in whatever your service or product is. Like there's an expectation if you've gone through the layer of, you know, talking to AI or using some kind of automated routine, by the time you then end up talking to a human, that human actually better have the skill to answer the question that you have, right? So 
for example, a lot of organizations would have a tiered support model in the past where it's triage by one tier, passed on to another tier. A lot of theory is going to disappear, you know, because you're taking a lot of the mundane work out through AI. You're probably doing a lot of the initial triage through some kind of automation there. So you actually want to get through to an expert. So troubleshooting skills, absolutely, you know, more critical. Uh, you have to be a subject matter expert. Your empathy skills or your kind of customer relationship skills have to be stronger because if a customer is coming through to you in this new world, it is probably because it's a more complex, more impactful issue that they're asking about. So again, you know, that level of engagement with customers is going to be different for support teams. So the, the nature of the role is, is going to change. And you could say, well, oh, that sounds terrible. It's all more complex work. But actually, most support teams actually embrace that because it allows them to hone their skills develop you know new capabilities and really show that their muscle around how they deal with these complex issues and they're not all the time having to manage these kind of routine items that's the first part of how the role changed the second part and it kind of feeds back to what i was saying earlier like ai needs a whole ecosystem to support it the human support team are critical in kind of supporting the ai ecosystem like it's not a case that they operate in different universes they have to be absolutely integrated like at the end of the day who develops a lot of the knowledge and content that AI will actually use. It's humans, right? And where does that, a lot of that knowledge and content come from? You see humans who are dealing with the more complex issues, et cetera, and then trying to understand, okay, how can we create content and knowledge that we feed back into AI that will handle that problem in the future? So it's a kind of almost like a virtuous circle of kind of reinforcing the knowledge that AI, ha AI has, but that's going to become part of the support role. And again, you know, it's an opportunity for support reps to uh, show their knowledge and expertise and generate that content. That's, you know, another exciting part of, of how the role will, will develop over time. So definitely, yeah, the, the role of the support rep is changing in this world in through a number of dimensions. But ultimately, I think it's going to be a more fulfilling role for people. You know, my own hypothesis is that we'll actually see less attrition in support teams over time because people will feel they are actually, you know, genuinely do, doing more impactful work over time. So from that point of view, I, I think it's all positive. I was going to tell you the story yesterday about how we were interviewing for an open spot in, in, our, in our Australia office and we had reached out to them. We were trying to get them to come to Intercom and the candidate was like, you know, like I, I wasn't thinking of switching jobs right now. You know, the market's a little tough, but she was like, I answer the same like five questions every day. And she's like, and it's like, it's not fun. It's not challenging. And so, and we're like, I can promise you that won't be the case here at Intercom. So not only... Is the role changing? I think every support leader is thinking about things like attrition, like thinking about retention and so and attrition. So like it's good, like you said, it's more fun. It's using the brain, keeping us sharp. Yeah, it's it's gonna like I think it's, it will be a draw if that's like how you're designing designing your support role. And the other thing that I think is really important culturally as well, like I'd love to have the support team operating the culture where they look at every time they answer a question potentially it's the last time actually they're thinking through why did I have to answer this question why wasn't the customer able able to get it answered within the product itself through some self-serve resource or through AI like actually thinking critically around how do I take this work out of the system in the longer term and again when you if you get a support team into that kind of culture like that's amazing like that's a huge flywheel effect around feeding AI you're really changing the customer experience because ultimately you now customer wants the problem solved and with as less friction as possible or as little friction as possible you know and again really enabling and empowering a support team to to feed into the ecosystem in that way i think that's really amazing in terms of changing the scope of the role and making it far more impactful than it is today 
Just before we continue with today's episode, I wanted to let you know that episode 2 of Offscript, our new series of candid conversations with Intercom, all about the extraordinary AI-driven transformation we're currently experiencing, is out now on YouTube. Here's a teaser featuring our Chief Product Officer, Paul Adams, discussing AI-first customer service. The best place for me to start is that technology only moves in one direction. Once you go through these like before-after moments, you never go back. AI has clearly already shown us that it can help in transformational ways. It has given us a new way to do customer service. And that new way is AI first. The business that provides incredible customer service is the business that will win. And the earlier that people lean into this completely new mindset, the earlier they can deliver this incredible holy grail type of customer experience, it's a huge opportunity for businesses to literally change how people think about them. It's just a matter of time. That's all to come on episode two of Offscript. You can watch it on Intercom's YouTube channel right now and we'll bring you audio versions of the episodes right here. Now, back to today's episode. So while it may be exciting for the actual humans and teammates, uh, if any support leaders are listening to this and we've have these conversations. I think another thing you have to balance is that like cost per contact, cost per conversation. And while we can do the, while you can add on those extra steps and responsibilities and try to do it really like easily and efficiently, things like average handling time might go up or uh, that if you're paying that human support rep more money, that like cost per contact might go up. So I would love to hear from you. Like, how do you think this might affect the cost of each rep versus the overall cost of delivering support and uh, helping the, any finance people uh, be be okay with that. I, I I hear you. So I think you know, and and again, this is where you know you have to think critically through this. Like, if you've got a really reasonably good resolution rate through AI, right, your average cost per contact is is ultimately going to go down, right? However, people will rotate and say, well, what's my cost for uh, sorry, my cost per contact for human support, right? And that's a natural place for people to look because that's where you dimension your team, where you build your capacity plan, et cetera. And the reality is you've taken out all the mundane work, right? What's left is more complex. Absolutely, your average handle time is likely to go up for your human support team. And straight away, people will say, oh, that's bad. Like, you know, you know, all of a sudden, my cost per human support contact is going to go up. Yes, but if you look overall, it's going to go down. Now, the balance is, because like, AI applies in a number of dimensions and we looked and focused purely on the customer-facing part of AI, the AI chatbot. But AI also it can be used within the inbox to actually help support reps, support agents, right? And that's where you counter then uh, increased average handle time. If you're actually using AI within the inbox or within the help center to actually make the job of answering any question for the customer more efficient, even if it is more complex, right? So you're enabling them to move faster and, and provide your know, resolution with customers faster. You get the counterbalance and you begin, you will begin to take average handle time down over time. Now, to what degree? Who knows? It's it like, and this is part of the excitement. Like we're actually kind of, you know, we're starting on a road that no one has really gone down yet. Uh, but absolutely, we will be able to drive efficiencies within the, the help center or within the inbox that will counter some of those average handle time increases. So, so absolutely, there's a counterbalance there, which again, the finance people would be delighted to know there is a counterbalance. You know, we will be able to tune down average handle time. And again, just make it more fulfilling for people. They'd be able to answer the customer question more effectively using AI 
uh, as a tool for themselves as well as you know the customer having had exposure to AI you know before they ever get the human support so that's kind of critical as well now the other dimension yeah that we need to think about in terms of efficiency is and, and you t- kind of touch on it we're asking to do extra things like so feedback into the system you know develop content develop, develop knowledge you got to be very intentional around you know when you think about capacity planning your team and about workforce management you've got to allow time for those activities as well and you've got to build it into your cost model but again ultimately if you're looking at the total cost model you're going to drive your costs down over time but you shouldn't be afraid to to enable that time for people to feed the AI beast for one a better way of describing because you'll get return on that investment you know that will help either maintain or increase the resolution rate so again you got to look at the the whole system and you can't start looking at you know a chunk at a, at a time so for example i think people are rotating straight away but if i look at my human support team and cost per contact or cost per head that seems to be going the wrong way with ai maybe it appears to be but your overall costs are actually going to come down and a lot of those other costs you can tune over time particularly an efficiency one you know through using ai tools in, in, in the inbox or in the help center yeah. i like how you're teeing that up and giving people this framework of the different ways that they can make those AI investments, whether that is like a dedicated headcount to be like dedicated out of the inbox headcount, whether that's our handling time and the work that goes into each conversation might change or, Hey, like adding that extra time out of the inbox to, to be, to support it. And so I think in our plan, I think we changed it by like 5% occupancy was like from this year to last year, as well as then, you know, we were talking about how that handling time is longer plus than the out of the inbox role. So whoever, however you're, however leaders want to think about it, I think those give them a couple different lenses to, to, to process it. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but don't be afraid that some of these metrics appear to be going in the wrong direction based on how you looked at them historically. Think about the overall cost of what you're doing now with AI at the center, at the heart of what you're doing. And it is game changing, you know, so, you know, one metric might go what you think is in the uh, the wrong direction. Don't worry about it. You know, look at it in the overall scheme of things. Uh, it's going to deliver for you. All right. I got uh, just two more for you. I'd love to hear about the ROI AI investment. So I'd love to hear just like how you've been calculating the ROI return on investment for of AI in customer support. You know, has AI impacted the ability to meet these increasing demands? With the existing, with our existing resources, it's a good question. Return on investment will kind of vary from customer to customer. Like you, people will look at it through different lenses. Like what's the return on the investment from a support point of view? And at very base, uh, very base level, just to kind of you know, if you're making an initial investment, there's probably going to be some level of either cost avoidance or cost savings, right? So in our case, where we began to see quite an increase in demand through the year, right? As but as we deployed AI and began to see the benefits. Effectively, we were able to absorb all that additional workload without increasing the time of, or the size of the team, right? So that's, that's a pretty strong return on investment. I, we avoided a whole lot of cost and absorbed a whole lot of work within the envelope of what we had projected as our kind of budget for the year. So that's kind of a uh, you know, very tangible way of looking at return on investment. And many organizations will be able to do something similar. But over time, you know, if you think about the value that your support team are beginning to drive with the customers, and this is about, and we kind of didn't touch on this in terms of the changing role. Like part of the changing role is you move beyond the transaction that you're just looking at for that customer, and you get, begin to think about the customer relationship as a, as a whole. And again, if you're using AI for your support operations, you can actually surface a lot of contextual data about that customer. So your support team can actually engage with your customer in a different way. And then all of a sudden they're feeding into 
that customer is actually getting more mature on your product or service a lot more quickly, makes them more loyal to you, makes them more likely to renew, expand, etc. So all of a sudden you're feeding into the ecosystem of actually driving real business value as opposed to all the time being seen as a cost center. So that's you know one of the other ways where the return on investment over time will become far more refined from a support point of view. You will actually be able to have tangible measures of how support have helped your customers move along some kind of maturity framework with your product or service. And that's feeding back then into the you know revenue, ARR, whatever your relevant metric is for the business. And you'll be able to show that correlation. And again, that's that's a big game changer as well, because in the transaction world, literally you, you just can't handle the volume of transactions and the rates are coming in. And all the time you're just trying to firefight, is, you know, as you know yourself, Bobby, it's constant firefighting at times. But when you get out of that firefight mode, all of a sudden you're into a different proposition in terms of how support is delivering for the business. And it does become a value center. And then the return on investment is actually you know, even more interesting to think about because it's not just about was it cost avoidance or you know, was I able to reduce costs? Am I actually now accelerating revenue, retention, et cetera? And that's the game that we're going to be moving into pretty quickly. Yeah, I think you're touching on the blurring, blending lines of customer support and customer success. And historically, those once sat under product and once sat under sales, but we're seeing those two roles merge more and more today. And if you have a support person, maybe you start off logging a defect, answering some product confusion, but that conversation can quickly turn into like, how do I get the most out of this product? Or like, I'm trying to set up this workflow. It's only triggering X amount of time. Like, how can I get the value out of this? And that quickly changes from this like support troubleshooting conversation to like, here's what we, here's how we see customers do it. Or like, tell me about your needs. Tell me about like how many resources that you have to manage this. Like those types of questions, like they, you know, they're the converse, those are the types of conversations our team are having now. And again, it looks very different than what you would have seen from like an old school, like troubleshooting guide in the past. And so those, I think that blurred lines is like, again, just like the very early days uh, of the path that we're going to see in the future. So might as well just like embrace it and like, figure out how to make that work with your human support teams now and how that, you know, how that fits and works with, you know, if you have customer success teams sitting across the office. So you could, couldn't agree more. Like at the end of the day, whether you're in success or onboarding or support, you're trying to make life easy for your customers. You know, they want to get value out of the service or product that you have. We're all there to try and, and make it easy for the customer to get that value and, and achieve the value. And ultimately then that drives, you know, uh, mature use of your product or service drives renewals, drives expansion, you know, ultimately feeds into your business. So we're all after the same end result. And again, if, if you're handling a lot of the work through more automated approaches or self-serve approaches, then all of a sudden the the humans who are involved in it, the lines are blurring around their respons- responsibilities. Right? Like ultimately, we're all trying to achieve the same end. If we've got access to contextual and personalized information, you can actually deliver you know, a lot of what traditionally would have fallen into the success world because they did have to get, sex manager would have to know their customer at a certain level. All of a sudden, anyone can have that level of information that they can build, you know, a relationship with a customer as opposed to I'm managing this transaction for the customer. So I genuinely believe the lines between success and support are going to blur even more as AI becomes more embedded in how we deal with our customers. And it's good for our customers. Like customers don't care about our organization boundaries, right? They don't care who they're talking to. As far as they're concerned, we are all supporting them in some way in, in the in the widest sense, right? And we're all contributing to their experience of using our product and service. 
And if we change that mindset and forget about our organization boundaries, the sky's the limit in terms of how we can actually use AI to deliver a much different customer experience. So looking at through the customer lens, like this is a great environment for our customers because they, they don't really want to be exposed to our organization boundaries. Love that. Awesome. Well, Declan, thanks for chatting economics of support. I'm impressed we made it through this conversation without having to open up an Excel spreadsheet. That's a lot more fun when talking <laughs> economics. And I'll see you soon. Bobby, thank you very much. Enjoyed our conversation, as always. It's clear that the landscape of customer support is rapidly evolving, with AI playing a pivotal role in shaping cost-effective, value-driven strategies. We hope this discussion leaves you with new insights on how to leverage technology to enhance both your team's performance and your customers' experiences. Don't miss out on our upcoming episodes for more enlightening discussions on customer service trends, strategies, and innovations. And remember, for a bi-weekly email containing all of our latest about customer service, subscribe to the Ticket Newsletter at intercom.com forward slash blog forward slash newsletter. Your journey to customer service excellence continues here. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Ticket.